What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Clutch Picks Against the Spread. Week 8 coming at you. Not going to sugarcoat it. We absolutely dominated Week 7. Made Week 7 our bitch. Check the Twitter page. Went 4-0. Up 5.6 units. Absolutely insane. Clean sweep of the board. I'm feeling great. On top of that, I didn't really have much. So my play that hit my lock last week was Jets. I got them at plus three and a half. That's why you got to follow the Action Network. I know I got a good number. Nico got a good number on the Titans at minus two. Not that it mattered, but overall phenomenal. Jockey, how about you? I think it's more impressive that there's four of us on the show. We each had a lock and we went four and oh. That means I hit my lock and that's a fucking rarity, boys. And you know the juices are flowing when Jockey starts hitting locks. And we're going to continue it this week. I know Pirtles, he's got the backwards hat on. It's a good vibe in Philly. (laughs) Phillies are in the fucking World Series. Pirtle, tell us how you did. Yep, just like Philly, baby, and just like us, vibes are fucking high. We went 4-0, as everyone's saying. Can't be fucking mad at that. Can't be mad at that. Can't be mad at the Phillies in the World Series. Eagles are doing well, which kind of sucks. Uh, but Philly is at an all-time high. Don't want to talk about the Sixers. That's the only thing. Yeah, the Seacocks. How about those Seacocks? Geno Smith, uh, he fucking demolished those Chargers. Daly, like I said, he's a bum coach. Geno's a baller, and it went as I expected. Nico, what about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I only had one play, and I, this, this slate kind of sucked dick, not going to lie. I just had the Titans in, but I put um, I actually doubled what I was going to put on it, so... I actually put, ended up putting four units on it, and then I, that's all I really had. I put, like, a same-game parlay in for, like, Sunday, but that, 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 that did not hit. So, I'm going to drop, like, 3.5 units. All right, so just to recap, locks of the week record. Pert, you're one and one. Way to right the ship after kind of a detrimental opening performance. Jock, you're four and four. Can't believe the last time you were fucking batting 500, so I'm astonished. That's kind of an understatement there. Hope you're keeping going. Nico, you're five and two, and I'm five and two. So you guys know what we've been doing so far. We've been having guests come on, probably two guests a week, give their lock of the week, and then we go into our locks. So we're not going to deviate too much this week. We have a guest, Maddie Betts. We've been trying to get him on for a couple weeks now. Gino's boy from Bet Openly finally got him on. He's got kind of a sneaky play. It's in direct opposition to one of our locks of the week. So you're going to have to pay attention there to find out. And then our last guest this week, Behind everything else, we had to put him at the end. Best for last, we have Frank Fleming. Everybody knows him from Barstool, Frank the Tank. We're really excited to pick his brain, get him a little fired up, and, and see what we could do. So, All right, guys. So for our first guest this week, we have Maddie Betts. A couple weeks ago, we had Gino from Bet Openly on. Now, I know that name will sound familiar to a lot of you. Maddie Betts actually has a podcast with Gino, Discipline DGENs. They have a Facebook group. These guys are phenomenal. You know how, how impressed we were with Gino. And so the next step was getting Maddie on. So, Matt, how are you? Thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Doing well. How are you guys doing? No complaints. Going well. We had a good week last week. Guys went 4-0, and so uh, no pressure, oh. but but we're going to have to, you know, we're, we're looking Lower. forward to keep that streak going. Lower the picks last week. So last week, Pert's lock of the week. He's not with us. Pert and Nico, I told you, they'll, they'll be on uh, later. Pertle had Seattle plus six. Mine was oh. Jets Jets plus three. I got him in Sunday night, so week week six. Uh, before even Monday Night Football, I got it in eight days early before the Broncos even played, so got a great number there. Jocks was over 44, so Charles, one, the other guy on the call with us, his was over 44 in Houston Raiders game. And then Nico's was Tennessee Titans minus two. You know, like Love I it. said, no pressure, no pressure. We're looking to keep <laughs> that going. So without further ado, uh, your pick this week, direct confliction with another one, which is okay. Uh, we have Miami at Detroit. Right now, Detroit's plus three. 
Over-unders set at 51 and a half. Stagnant across the board, not moving. Matt, give us your breakdown. Yeah, for sure. So this is really a pretty good buy-low spot on Detroit. You know, I'm seeing at three, three and a half some, at some books. I do like Detroit here. If you guys know anything about what I've been doing this season is I've been blindly taking every yes. underdog money line the whole way. So through seven weeks of football, it's up 14.8 units, just taking the dog out right in every game. So obviously I'll be on Detroit money line here, but I still put out my personal car, my personal plays in addition to all of that. And I would definitely, I'd like to get the hook on this game, but I would definitely take Detroit at plus three or plus three and a half. We actually have a system inside of discipline of gens. It went five and zero last week. Um, But typically it runs about 57 to 60%. And this system basically states, it's basically a a buy low spot, right? You're betting against the public after a horrendous game. So teams that score between zero and nine points the week previously, which I think Detroit scored six, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. um, Teams that score between zero and nine the week before and are only getting 30% or less of the action from the public, meaning 70% of the action is on the opposite side. Uh, which the public is all over Miami, or at least I assume they will be by the end of this week. Essentially, that system covers at a 61.3% rate. So it's wow. just a buy low spot for Detroit. I think that, you know, they're, I think they're one in, what are they, one in five now? They have a buy? Correct. Um, yeah, I think they're one in five now. And, you know, the team's expected to win. I, I think the, the preseason total was six or seven games. This is a game that they have to have here at home against the Dolphins. You know, a lot of back-and-forth stuff at the quarterback position with Miami. And I think Detroit's a, a solid – you know, they're not a good team, but they're a team that can compete any given week. Um, they gave my Eagles a run for the money in week one. And they can score. They're just coming off of two weeks where they just haven't had success offensively. So I just think that this week at home, the public's fading them. They played horrible last week. I really like the three, three-and-a-half points here for Detroit. Uh, without spoiling anybody's lock this week, we do have someone on our crew going with Miami minus three. So I'm totally here for this controversy. I absolutely love this. I thought I was going to tail them, but I'm not so sure now because the one thing that we talked about with Gino is how much I fucking love value. And I feel like Detroit Moneyline just has so much value on it here. I mean, you got to lay the juice with Miami to win. And three is a great number. So like you said, if that gets down to the hook, I'm definitely going to take Lions plus three and a half. I love what you're doing. My favorite thing is checking Monday morning when I first wake up from work to see your underdog updates. That's got to be my favorite thing on Twitter. So I feel like I have to tell you here, man. I feel like I just, I kind of have to tell you. I'm sure by the end of the show, when our guy gives their breakdown, I'm going to, I'm going to flip, but I, that's just how I am. But I, I, I don't know. I really like this. I like what you're saying. And value is definitely on Detroit here for sure. Yeah. I mean, Detroit's been like, two sides of extreme like early in the season you know they put up 35 against the eagles they're either scoring zero or six points or they're scoring 25 to 45 points um so i think realistically they're probably somewhere in the middle this game like i could see them scoring in the mid 20s here you know maybe like a 27 24 like a 24 21 game um i i think they'll win outright probably by a field goal in this game um i just think that they're better than what they've been the last two weeks and i think the public's going to be all over miami here matt i I agree with you uh to an extent i feel as if betting on detroit right now with that defense having no identity is is a tough ask but if you're expecting detroit to win the game outright 
and I fully expect you're going to get the hook at three and a half. You, yeah. I have to feel as if you feel pretty confident in the over 51 uh, if you're expecting Detroit to win this game outright because you're almost betting on a shootout because of the fact that Detroit's not going to be able to get stops. It's proven uh, we're seven weeks in now, and I think, I believe, they have the worst defense in the NFL. Uh, and there's a lot yeah. of firepower on that, on that Miami offense. So if you're expecting Detroit to win, they're going to have to put up a lot of points to beat Miami because I think Miami's going to get 28 points to start the game. So you have to be able to trust Detroit to score 28 points. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Miami, though, there are two road games they haven't scored over 17 points. That's you know, true. They scored, they scored 15 at Cincinnati. They scored 17 at New York, and they got blown out. So I would stay away from the total on that game. Um, I w- it wouldn't shock me if it went under. But I just, again, I just think Detroit is better than what they've shown the last couple weeks. And I think this line should be a lot closer to a pick or maybe like a point or two. So if I can get the hook, I love that. I would definitely take three and a half all day in this game. Yeah, kind of, especially with Swift coming back, like you said, definitely a solid buy low spot for Detroit. I mean, definitely, definitely going to see less than 40% of the ticket, like you said. I just, this is a pick that I, I did not want to take, but I feel like I'm going to have to. You know, I just feel drawn to it. I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough game. I don't think it's going to be a good game to watch. I think it's going to be going to be tricky, but Jock's giving me the finger yeah. here. So hold yeah. on. Yeah. I just want to go back to your point with, you know, they play two games on the road and the Bengals who kind of started slow, uh, but now they're, that, that offense looks a little bit better. And the Jets who are a tough customer and are showing that they're not the Jets of old. And now, now you're asking for a comparison between a team that went to the Super Bowl last year and a Jets team that um, is arguably a top 10 team in, in the NFL to now the worst defense in the NFL in the Lions and a proven loser throughout throughout basically their whole franchise. It, it's tough to say that we could bet on them, uh, especially with and have confidence, especially if you don't get the hook. So it, it's it, you're betting on a loser franchise that's still one in five <laughs> with the terrible defense and DeAndre Swift coming off injury and Amandre St. Brown is still a question mark with a concussion. It, it's an offense that if it sputters, they have blowout written all over it. So this offense needs to be well oiled. And I don't think I'm just, I don't think I'm confident enough to say that this Lions offense could put that could go with this Dolphins. Team. I got to have to fade you here. I'm going to go with, with Dolphins uh, minus three, especially I'm going to get it in now before you get the hook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, that's the great thing about sports betting. You're on one side, I'm on the other. But I do – look, I think uh, even Miami, they weren't impressive against Pittsburgh. I mean, they could have lost that game the 16-10 to 10 final. I mean, the Steelers are probably a bottom-10 team in the NFL. So, I just – I think it's a really good buy low spot on Detroit. This team's going to have to win at least a few more games this year. And this is – to me, this is one of those games that they can find a way to win at home. I'm here for it. I you know what I, I, I'm – I always take the ballsy plays. I think this is a ballsy play. I- I'm here for it, Matt. Anything else to add before we kick you off? Take the underdogs. That's all I got to <laughs> say. I mean, take, take the underdog money lines. It's the most effective way to have fun and make a profit without doing any research. So anybody that's out there that wants to get into sports betting or, or isn't even profitable every football season, it just, this made 29 units last year, up almost 15 units year to date. 
and it's a blast. I mean, rooting for. I mean, who would have thought Carolina would have beat Tampa Bay last week? Yeah, plus five twenty. So it's a system that it it works. People are going to say it doesn't work over the last twenty years, but I don't really care about the last twenty years. I care about the last few years, which has been profitable two of the last three. And I think with the new trends nowadays, and I think with the amount of public and square money coming in on favorites and parlays with favorites, and I think it's going to be profitable the next couple of years. And I don't think uh, the betting market's going to adjust to it quick enough. I think that because I, I can't tell you how many people say, "Oh, I wish I was, I should start doing this," but they never do it. You know, so it's just like there's going to be a small percentage of people that can consistently win doing this, and that's what I truly believe. Well, Matt, I will have all your information in the description below. We'll tag you in everything so all our guys can check you out. So I, that being said, I just want to read your last tweet here. Five hours ago, NFL underdogs money line in week seven. Five and nine record, but you made 4.3 units. Year to date through week seven, as you said, 14.8 units. 43, 63, and one. That's awesome. Could you imagine essentially losing – Losing bets, but still making money almost. And, and like you said, betting on teams that should not be winning games to win football games. I feel like that's got to be a, a pretty extraordinary feeling. So thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Let's see how you do this week. Thanks again. Appreciate you guys for having me. Now it is time for our locks of the week. All right, Pert, you're up first. Great job last week. As I said earlier, way to write the ship. I was surprised in that Seattle pick. I know Steve-O. Steve-O was not having it. I was sitting there <laughs> having a beer next to him. He goes, what the fuck is this kid smoking? Next thing I know, they're up by 24 points at half. All right, this one, I'm kind of excited for it. You know, you finally get to go back to your favorite team. We got Arizona at Minnesota. Right now, Minnesota's minus three and a half. Over-unders at 49, 48 and a half. Pert, give us your rundown. Yeah, glad to finally get my first win of the show, first of all. Uh, shout out to C. Cox again. Uh, but yeah, going to this week. As we've always said, as they said, I'm a Vikings fan. Um, and although that spread is very tempting, and at first I want to take it, what jumped out to me was that over-under number. As a Vikings fan, I must admit, our defense is absolute bums. Uh, every single week, especially against the Saints, any game, uh, we're always getting up points. The Dolphins, Skylar Thompson was fucking tossing it all over us until he got injured. We don't have a good defense, and neither does the Cardinals. Everyone watched the Cardinals game last week against, not actually, what am I saying? Everyone watches. No one watches the Saints and Cardinals. That was a bum game. <laughs> but that was a high-scoring game, high-scoring bum game. I think Cardinals are finally starting to get their vibe together. I don't see the Vikings stopping them every single time. The big thing, though, with the Vikings is they're coming off a bye. Buy at home. It's been, I think, like 21 days, three weeks since we've been home. So home crowd will be buzzing. Uh, I don't see them stopping Kirk, and uh, I don't see us stopping Kyler for a bit. So uh, I think the oh, play right here is going to be the over-under 48-and-a-half uh, over for me. Uh, that's going to be my lock of the week. I think one eye-popping statistic uh, that comes out is the Cardinals' inability to score in the first half. And, and like you said, the Vikings home for the first time, and uh, – in 21 days, you got to believe that they're somewhat healthy. The crowd, crowd's going to be buzzing, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to be scoring points in the first half. So whatever the first half spread is for the Vikings, I'm going to be on it. it. It seems to be free money this year with betting against the Cardinals in the first half. Yeah, you you just talked me into that play. I love that analysis. 
I think Kyler seems a lot more laid back and confident with um, D-Hop coming back. I mean, they had 28 points in the first half, so I think that's down the drain right now. <laughs> I think since D-Hop came back, they're they're going to keep putting up points now. And I think the Vikings are going to put up a lot of points too. I think that number should be probably be mid-50s with the over-under. I love that play. Nico and I were talking before this and kind of were a little skeptical, but like he said, Cardinals getting healthy again, James Conner coming back, D-Hop coming on for the second game since suspension. I know it was against a, sh- a shitty Saints defense, but you can't say that putting up 43 points in the NFL game isn't good. I, I like this two-part. I expect the Vikings to win. Let's hope. Um, Let's hope. I, I just think that the Cardinals are, are going to at least put up three touchdowns. So if it's a 21-point game, you got 48. I'm seeing 28, 28, 21, 28, 24. I think it's going to be closer than we think, but I, I definitely think it's going over. So I'm going to tell you here, too, you know. Let's hope you get on a hot streak and, and keep her going. Yeah, and personally, like Corey just said, it could be 28-21. So that's why uh, if you could buy the hook to 48-and-a-half uh, – Buy it if you could, since that number, it does it does sound like a number that could happen. And also, I'm just looking at the Vikings and Cardinals' past scores the past five weeks. Car- Vikings defense has got up 16, 22, 25, 24, yep. 24. Cardinals is 34, 19, 20, uh, 18, 20. So that's just high-scoring games, and I think they're going to continue that. So uh, buy the hook and go 48-and-a-half, boys. The hook, the hook is live on FanDuel at 48-and-a-half, just so you know. Yep. All right, Jock, so you're up next. A little divisional matchup that does not consist of your New Orleans Saints. We have Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. Right now, Falcons are minus four, minus four-and-a-half across the board. Over-under sit at 41. Jockey, what do you got? Yeah, this is a comeback game for for the Falcons. They they didn't cover the last spread. They were six and zero going into last week, and you know, they're a very profitable team so far. And I felt like I was missing out not betting them week to week. They just dropped their first one against the spread, and they're going up against a divisional matchup. Could be a rivalry game, and I think that there was the fire sale in Carolina. They're handling it pretty well, but with the trade deadline coming up, the rumors, everything looming around, and the Falcons have a pretty nice team. I mean, they're three and four, but that offense is better than most expected, especially with Mariota. So I think I think the four and a half people are going to get scared because it's not three, three and a half, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I like the four and a half. This is my lock. The Falcons should win this game by a touchdown. Uh, maybe even 10 points. I'm not too worried about it. Falcons here to cover. So we all know that I absolutely despise the Panthers. I'm just going to say it for fun. Fuck the Panthers. I loved seeing the agony on Panthers fans' faces when they traded CMC. Honestly, it kind of brought me a joy like a kid on Halloween. I know Halloween's coming up, so it was nice to experience some of that. I like this play. I think Falcons have been playing pretty good football, except against the Bengals. That was kind of a shitty game. So maybe a little redemption game. For the Falcons here. DJ Moore surprised me last week. It looks like, honestly, he might be trying to up his value, maybe go somewhere a little better than than what he expects. I don't know, but he came out with a fire. So I'm expecting the Panthers to put up points, ironically. Falcons defense is not good, but I think Falcons win this game. Four and a half's a tough number, though, man. Yeah, that is a tough number, but I think... Like we just said, Panthers smushed the Buccaneers last week. The Falcons had a dud last week. So I think it will be an opposite uh, week this week. I think the roles will reverse. I think, honestly, the Falcons, like Jock said, uh, kind of like the Seacocks. Uh, they're underrated by many people. And just looking at their schedule, this is uh, this could be a big uh, upcoming weeks for them. They have the Panthers twice. They have the Bears. They have Washington. They have the Steelers. They have the Saints coming up again. 
Falcons, they can make a play. Uh, they can make a push for the playoffs. I think, and uh, this it could start with this week. So I think if you could uh, maybe buy the hook down to minus four, since I, there has been many games twenty four twenty, uh, twenty eight twenty four. Uh, so if you could, and if you want to buy the hook down to four, but I think Jock has the right play with uh, Atlanta going this week on the revenge uh, bounce you're back. A Philly, you're a Philly guy, and we shit talk PJ Walker all the time. Yep, and. and and for the Falcons to be giving up 315 plus yards through the air a game, you can't expect PJ Walker to throw for 300 plus. I don't give a fuck how bad that defense is. He's just not good of a quarterback to do that in the NFL. He's going to turn mm-hmm. the ball over. Yeah, he he's, he's a he can't he won't he won't repeat what he did last week. That was once yeah. in a lifetime fucking PJ Walker. That was just like Joe Webb Tuesday night in Philadelphia years ago. He had his one great game. And then what happened next week? He fucking shit the bed. And that's what I expect with PJ Walker. And also the other good thing about the Falcons, they're king of the spreads right now. I think them and Giants are tied first Six against the sp- Yeah. So can't be mad at that. So uh definitely a good pick, I think. Yeah, um, I'm actually on the other side of this. AJ Troll is probably going to be out. And they were giving up 315 yards with AJ Troll in the lineup. And now that he's out of the lineup, they're going to eat up in there. I mean, again, and the one thing the Falcons do very, very well is run the ball. And the Panthers have a pretty good run, rushing run defense. That's true. That's true. And okay. to add to this, they have one stud corner in JC Horn who's going to be shadowing their only wide receiver they have in Drake London the whole game. I think this line is – this should be a, probably a pick, I'm to be honest with you. I do like Panthers probably money line sprinkle and plus four and a half. Hopefully the Panthers uh, hit those Atlanta strip clubs the night before and get a little uh, sauced at uh, Magic City. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, Nico, you're up next. This is why you guys got to follow the Action Network. Another reason right here. Nico, we have Miami Dolphins at the Detroit Lions. Right now Miami is minus three and a half. Overrunners at 51. Nico, what do you got? Yeah, um, I'll, I actually took this the Sunday after I covered my Titans pick. I probably took this at like 5, 6 o'clock on Sunday. I have Dolphins minus 3. I took a risk of Tua not getting hurt and him getting in a wheelchair by a broken pinky <laughs> or whatever. Jesus. And I, I took the risk, and hopefully it panned out. I, mean, I got minus 3. And I, now I see everyone's taking the Lions plus three and a half, which I think is a total joke. But I mean, I think my, I think three is a perfect number. I think the Dolphins win this game, and if they win by a field goal, I, I, a push is a push, man. It's not a loss, so I'll take that. But I do think they killed them. I think the Dolphins are getting very undervalued once again. The first three weeks they were undervalued, and by week four they're getting a little like overvalued, not overvalued, right value. And then they lost a few games because the whole QB situation. So then they're, it's kind of back down to the undervalued stage of it. That's, I mean, I'm taking the undervalued Dolphins this week. So I know, Nico, you and Pert were absent for our first guest in Matty Betts, and his play was the Lions plus three and a half, just like you said. I told him towards the end, if you rewind it, I say, I'm probably going to flip my side, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to go with you here. I, you're right. I, I mean, yeah, it's fun what he does. He takes the underdogs just blindly. I love that. I, I think that's awesome just to get some action and bet on the football games. But, dude, the Dolphins should absolutely demolish the Detroit Lions here. They have the worst defense. The Lions have the worst defense in the National Football League. And the, or the, um, the Dolphins right now have the best wide receiver duo in the National Football League. That is a fucking recipe for disaster. This should be a fucking blowout with the Dolphins. Nico, I'm with you all the fucking way. Train is on the tracks. 
I'm a little confused about this game. I think minus three is a perfect line for the Dolphins, but it's that hook. Uh, it just seems super fishy to me that there's a couple of fishy lines I think with Vegas has this week that all of them are the point five, And I think it does matter. I've been fucked over once already with the Lions on that three and a half. So that's why I'm not going to touch this game. I could see, I could see obviously Tua just lighting up uh, the doll, uh, the Lions, just like everyone else has. But the Lions sometimes they just play sneaky games. Uh, kind of pissed that the the gas Maddie bets he didn't take the Packers. Every guess that's taken <laughs> the Packers so far has just fucked them over, and, uh, making me smile watching the Packers lose. But um, yeah, I think this will be an interesting interesting game. I think more. I just see points in this game. Um, some sometimes the, the like, total is way too high. I, I looked at the total. What, what is the high. total? It's like fifty two. 51 I don't see a line scoring to be honest with you I know they're they're sometimes high flying sometimes they're not that's well, the I thing really, they're just I so inconsistent them. They, they have one win everyone's so high on them because that stupid hard that, that not stupid that hard knock show I mean that's yeah one, everyone is win. high on them yeah they have one win they, I am looking I am looking at their home games 25 points a game I am looking at their home games though they have covered that line every single time they're they lost by three they won by nine and they lost by three so that's why I think if you could get, like Nico said, if you get minus three Dolphins, that's perfect. But that three and a half, that's just fishy to me. So um, I think, yeah, if you could get, just go Dolphins minus three and just let it rock. Yeah, I told Matty Betts straight to his face that I don't like this play. I didn't <laughs> like this. I told him straight to his face. I don't like the play. And he told me like Detroit with the points. And I said, well, you better bet, you better bet the over because you better hope they outscore the Dolphins because that defense sucks. And he didn't like the point. He didn't like the over either. So I didn't understand his bet. I slept on it. I still don't understand his bet. And I'll tell again to his face, I never liked it. And if it hits, I'll say, I'm sorry. And I was wrong, but I like the dolphins minus three, minus three and a half, minus four, minus four and a half, minus six. (laughs) This isn't a touchdown game. Dolphins, dolphins are a playoff team. And I wouldn't be shocked if they're, they're active at the deadline as well. So they have to win this game. And I wouldn't be shocked if they win it in blowout fashion. Honestly, Nico, the, uh, that kind of makes me want to take the Lions here because we know how <laughs> jockey is. Uh, we know, we know the kind of energy. He's feeling cocky. He's feeling cocky. He's shaking his head. You know it. You know it. <laughs> the Dolphins need a corner and they need to figure out what to do at the corner position. And if they're going to get active at the deadline, they need to go get a corner, but they need to be in contention to make the right move. So they're going to beat the shit lines. So I can't believe this line story. You're gonna beat the absolute piss out of them. <laughs> if you if you do believe in the Lions, though, Jock did mention the over, and every single time they have covered the over is hit as well. It's like I said, thirty eight, thirty five, twenty four, twenty eight, forty eight, forty five. So if you so have the bad. faith in the Lions, but they're yeah, it's so bad, the way they've been playing recently. Dan Campbell, he's just a sh- Dan Campbell's a bad coach. Jared Goff's one of the worst quarterbacks, if not the worst. Yeah, it's the only good thing they're home. If they're in that Miami Miami Heat, that would be bad. My lock's up next. A little shout-out to our old friend Gino, Matty Betts boy. He's going to be happy with me here. We have San Francisco (laughs) at Los Angeles right now. San Francisco is minus one and a half. Line's kind of been like that the entire week. Opened up as a pick-em. Pretty much still a pick-em. Over-under set at 43, 42 and a half. I absolutely love, love the San Francisco 49ers here since since Shanahan got hired since 2017 the 49ers are eight and three against the Los Angeles Rams Shanahan fucking owns McVay he already did it earlier in the year and now the 49ers have one of arguably the most diverse offenses 
in the NFL. They added CMC. They got Debo. Their defense is getting healthy again. I mean, this is a scary, scary matchup. The Rams have not been impressive to me so far at all. Allen Robertson has been underperforming, one, because he's simply not getting the targets from Stafford. I think the 49ers, obviously, Shanahan reads McVay like the back of his fucking hand. It's disrespectful that it's minus one and a half. We know San Fran fans travel well. They have a phenomenal fan base. You, you <laughs> cannot get me off this line if my life depended on it. This is a balls-on-the-line play. Yeah, I just, I just don't see the 49ers losing three games straight, to be honest with you, especially against a Rams team that is was very overrated from the start of the season. Everyone thought after week one, I was like, oh, like they, that's just a Super Bowl hangover. No, they're just their offensive line is atrocious. Matthew Stafford looks like Jared Goff all over again. I mean, this this <laughs> team is just not how it was last year. Lack of weapons. I mean, the run game is just irrelevant. Cam Akers said he, he wants out. Cam Akers doesn't want to play for anymore. I mean, this team is just falling apart. And San Fran might put the dagger in, to be honest with you. San Fran's not losing three straight, minus one and a half all day. Good pick. Yeah, I'm with you boys on this one. I'll probably just rock money lines just to be safe, but um, might as well. Like Corey said, uh, San Fran uh, fans they travel excellent, and I expect this to be at least eighty percent red uh, in SoFi Stadium. Um, three in a row. That's just especially with the weapons now. CMC, Debo, they have a full week to practice with that defense is coming back. Hopefully, Bosa will be back. So um, I'm rocking with the 49ers with your boys too. You know what happens if I say Niners. You guys are all going to fucking scream at me. I, I probably will. But, hey, last time we had a group play and you were in on it, it hit. So maybe I won't. No, I can't. I can't. I can't do that. I just I enjoy when these two teams collide. It's always a good game. The, the number's right. It's one and a half. The total's correct at 43. It, it's a sucker bet uh, on the total because who knows if you're going to get the Rams of old or the Rams of new. And what you're going to get from the Niners is is a question mark in this kind of matchup. Uh, I don't have a play in this one. Uh, it, it's going to be a hell of a game in the NFC. With the NFC up for grabs, these two teams are going to be right in it. I'd like to see the Rams get back on track. I wouldn't be shocked if they light the scoreboard up. If I had to lean one way, I'd lean the Rams plus one and a half. I have a, I have a small bet for this, um, just we're going to talk about the Rams. Um, Rams missed the playoffs. I don't know what the odds are, but I would definitely take it. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I, I don't think – I think they're going to get third in the division alone. I think it's probably going to be two um, NFC East teams and two um, NFC West teams. And I think the Bucs and someone – I mean, I don't know who else, but I, I would take them not to make it out of their division. It's yeah. a pick them right now. Uh, to make the playoffs is a minus 105, and to miss it is minus 115. So I think you're right, especially I think they probably have a hard schedule coming up too. So yeah, I, could actually, um, I could actually do the Giants and the Cowboys making it and the Eagles. So then that means yeah. that there's – I mean, I think the Seahawks make it because they're playing out of their mind right now. As we saw yeah. from last week, they beat the piss out of the, car, the um, Chargers. And then um, the 49ers. I mean, there's no room for them. Also, boys, one thing I want to note, I lied to you. Kyle Shanahan was hired in February 2017, so he wasn't there for the 2017 loss. So he's actually 8-2 and two so far. It's even better. So, all right, guys. So for our last guest this week, I can't really believe I'm going to say it. We got Frank Fleming from Barstool Sports. Frank the Tank, he's got his own podcast. Frank, we're honored to have you. Thanks for coming on, man. How are you? All right. Without further ado, I think Pert's got a couple questions for you. So we'll let Pert get right into it, and then, then we'll just go at it. 
Yeah, just a little question just to get things going. Uh, every day I feel like I'm on Twitter and I always see a reaction from you, a video, whether it be a good one or a bad one. Uh, would you ever, could you recall a game or a specific team that either made you feel the best or the worst? The worst, <laughs> well, the worst 2007 Mets, 2022 Mets, uh, uh, <laughs> the wild card round, uh, the Brooklyn Nets last season. That's yeah, the Nets. <laughs> the Nets a, were atrocious last year, and they are this year. I feel. <laughs> I have a question about uh, your Mets. Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons is averaging six points a game so far. Uh, he, he he's afraid of the ball. Uh, ben Simmons and Nick Clankston are like uh, combined one for forty on free throws. The Nets are shooting free throws at a sixty percent clip. Uh, mm-hmm. They're, uh, they have the worst defense in the league. Uh, they uh, move the ball slowly. They, there's no hustle. There's no heart. And Steve Nash is just doing uh, TikToks. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 it's, it's literally like I have no more fucks to give about the Nets. <laughs> as a Philly guy myself, uh, as a Sixers fan, I must say thank you. At first, I wasn't sure about the trade, but... Now looking at this year, it's looking like that Harden trade is doing much better for us. Well, there's there's nothing good to say about Benson. He 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 is a a a, a wonder of science. He is, the first, <laughs> he is the first man to live without a, a a heart. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong about that. We tried telling Nets fans, and some of you guys had hope for him, but I think that's I think everyone's hope has quickly diminished this well, year. Well, you can't have hope as long as Steve Nash is the coach. On a different coach because he doesn't think feel he needs to be coached. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is such a shit show. It shows that you just can't throw talent out on the floor. Yeah. You have to have cohesion and um, a plan, and the Nets have neither. Yeah, and and Frank, I know you brought up a little bit about the Mets and your heartbreak you had with the Mets. I, and coming from a Yankee fan, obviously, I just want to say. Thank you for getting Edwin Diaz all of his fame because he's going to look very good in the Bronx oh, this no. upcoming year. He's not going back. The Mets are already focused on bringing in Craig Krimbrell, who, yeah. I, who sings, let it go, let it go. Blowing saves is fun. When it is, <laughs> it is, let it go, let it go. <laughs> The, uh, the, the Mets uh, are building the team around James McCant and uh, Craig Krimbrell. That's going to be the uh, most interesting. Let it go. And uh, Pete Alonso, who uh, is uh, – Pete Alonso and Daniel Vogelback are entering the 600-pound challenge. Yeah. Uh, both of them are going to are gonna, are gonna weigh as much as Jabba the Hutt next year. Uh, and, and listen, and Frank, I, you have to be just astounded that – DeGrom is going to end up with the Braves and, and it's just going to be a one-hand wrecking crew to go straight through your Mets because you got to be feeling good so far because the Mets had a wonderful offseason. They had Lindor. You think they're set up to win a World Series and then they break your heart again and now DeGrom's going to walk and who knows who goes where. Diaz will be playing trumpets on oh, going over the bridge. So who yeah, knows? And, and, and they're going to bring in Craig Kimbrough, who uh, last year blew eight consecutive saves. And he uh, yeah. started playing, let it go, let <laughs> it go. Hang yeah. on and blow the save. I, I mean, I, I cannot think of a worse song for a reliever to walk into. And, and what about Adovino? You didn't like Adovino either, huh? Uh Adovino is so inconsistent. I have one good year, one bad year. One good year, one bad year. Yeah. 
Fortunately, it was one of his better years this year. I don't think he'll have a good year next year. No, he's hit or miss, especially with that slider. But uh, I know we wanted to get deep into uh, Dolphins talk because this is majority NFL podcast, and I know Nico's been dying to ask you about Tua. So I'll let Nico ask this question. Yeah, how do you feel about um, Tua getting hurt week four and then let him them letting him play when he stumbled off the field? You think that was the right thing to do, or do you well, think that... that was a major fuck up by somebody? Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's supposed to be a spotter that's supposed to not allow that to even happen, where it's not supposed to be in the hands of the Dolphins. The spotter basically said, hmm, I, "I see nothing wrong." Yeah, yeah, I, that was kind of just fucked up on to their mm-hmm. end too. But I mean, how do you feel about Tua right now? Then do you like? Do you think he's the guy, or do you think he's not the guy? He's played well. Uh, he hasn't been great, uh, but he's better than Teddy Bridgewater. That's for sure. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, for sure. yeah, Teddy looked ugly against the Vikings. Uh, Skylar Thompson looked better than Teddy last week, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frank. Well, one thing that we always like to do, like I said, locks of the week. Last week, just so you know, we went 4-0. I got to brag a little bit. Super happy about that. So, if we can, let's get your favorite play of week eight. I kind of like the Buccaneers on Thursday night. Oh, Wow. Okay. A little underdog action there. I, I really wasn't. Uh, the, the game's in Tampa, and it seems like everyone's getting ready to turn on the, the Buccaneers. And Tom Brady hasn't played well, and I know that. But the Ravens' defense has not been great. They've blown 10 point leads four times this year. They were lucky enough to bounce back and win one of those games. And they almost blew a 10 point lead to the Browns last week. I mean,. I mean, missed field goal at the end of the game there, and uh, game could have been tied. That would have been, uh, that would have been the fifth time they blew a 10-point lead in the second half. Wow. Uh, the Ravens are just kind of a funky team. They don't seem to they, – they seem to get leads, and then they have, like, really bad second halves. And Tom Brady, if you struggle in the fourth quarter, Tom Brady is going to – like a shark finding blood out there. Yeah. And I think the Buccaneers are going to beat the Ravens. Frank, you know of all people what it's like being a Dolphins fan and getting fucked by Tom Brady. Although yeah, the Dolphins fared well against them, better than most, but better than most, but still, you you've been fucked by Tom Brady multiple times. So I'm not, I can't say I'm shocked to say that you're confident in Tom Brady to win that game. I I, I can't say I'm shocked. I still don't think he's having a great year, but. I'm not too impressed by the Ravens. I'm not impressed by the Ravens, but one thing that I do think has to happen is Tom Brady's going to find a stride here eventually, right? I mean, the guy's been the the greatest quarterback that we could ever imagine and more. I mean, you got to expect him to find a way to bring this team back from the depths of hell. You have to. A Thursday night game just seems seems right for him to have. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. One thing I, I love too, you got to talk about the value there. I mean, you're on the money line plus money. Why not take a shot at it? You know, I mean, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah, Thursday games are normally better for the home team as well. And like Frank said, Buccaneers home, so it's always an advantage on Thursday night, short week. At least we could talk something good going on in, in your sports fandom here, because I'll tell you what, man, for a young team, the Devils have looked pretty damn well so far. They're putting up a lot of points, spreading a lot of goals around the board. Jesper Bratt is absolutely playing out of his mind right now. Arguably one of the best young left-wingers in the league. You got Jack Hughes. He's putting up some points, doing whatever you need him to do. Dougie Hamilton, his career has suddenly been resurrected with 
what, three, two goals, four assists in seven games? I mean, the guy's almost averaging a point a game. The John Marino. John Marino has been a very good addition. Yep. So we're we're actually. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, I, I guess it was a salary cap issue, but Ty Smith's playing uh, in uh, Wilkesbury. We're actually all from Northeastern PA, all from Dallas Wilkesbury area. So I played hockey growing up. We uh-huh. grew up. I mean, go Pets. Yep. We we uh, <laughs> I got to skate with Biz Nasty and Whitney and all those guys when they were in Wilkesbury. So John Marino, that's a good one there. I think. Um, uh, also, you know, you know, who else has played well. The uh, Eric Haula. Yep, I've been very impressed with him, especially, uh, honestly, the only thing that scares me about your team, which I thought would be one of the strong points, is your goaltending. I thought Blackwood would be doing a little better. Blackwood and Vanacek are both sporting, like, I want to say a .86 save percentage, if not worse. uh, The goaltending hasn't been good so far. And uh, their their power play still is is a problem. They still make a lot of shots. And they they, uh, seem to be, at times... Blind passes. They make uh, allowed to, uh, too many giveaways. Yep. Uh, they they got to settle down a little bit more. They got to play a little bit smarter. And on a power play, they just uh, the, the Monday night was probably the worst game of the year. I would where agree. They allowed a shorthanded goal just for Brat. Uh, just a terrible pass out of the corner on a power play. Yep. Uh, and then the uh, Capitals got a power play, and sitting right alone in the faceoff circle is Ovechkin. Yep. I mean, I'm sitting there watching, and I'm just sitting there, and I and I, I look. I says, do, "Do the Devils realize who that is over there?" And like, right, as soon as I, as soon as I did, talk, did, as soon as I said yep. that, like, like ten seconds later, boom. I mean, he's been doing it for 17 fucking years now. You think someone would catch on, right? It seems like no one ever does. I don't. I, I mean, I mean, I, I don't care who you leave open on a power play. You got to have. You got to stick to Ovechkin like he's fucking glue. Okay, if someone else gets to go, fine. You cannot let Alex Ovechkin score from that spot on a power play. Yep. You can't let. You can't let him do it. I mean, uh, the, the, uh, there are uh, two players that have scored more goals than him: Queen Gretzky and Gordie Howe. End of Correct. list. Yep. And uh, Ovechkin's going to pass Gordie Howe this year. I think he's now less than twenty away. From Gordy Howe. I just I, I think the the Devils have a great young core coming up. Might be a force in the Met for for a little while to come yeah, here. They, 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 they're going to need a, they're going to need a coach. They're going to need a coach. Absolutely. Eventually. Yep. I, I I really do not like Lindy Ruff. I don't like his system. So far this year, Ovechkin has three goals, so he's up to seven eighty three career, eighteen away from Gordy Howe. That's that's pretty pretty surreal that we get to experience Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, some of these guys in their prime. I, I can only imagine what it'd been like to watch Wayne Gretzky. But Wayne, Wayne Gretzky had uh, Wayne Gretzky was more than just a goal scorer. He was he might have been a better passer than a goal scorer, which is amazing to say that. Yeah, but he'd he'd get behind the net, and uh, he got behind the goal net. There was no, nothing that anyone could do. He'd. He passed it right, he, he find a goal. He passed it left, he find a goal. Yep. He, and uh, what was always good is he, he passed it to someone, the goalie would make a save, and he'll come back from behind the net and pop the uh, rebound in. Well, Frank, we do have one last question for you, so I'm going to let Pert have the mic again here. All right, fun little question to end it. Uh, I know you're a big soda guy. Uh, I've watched your reviews in the past with another Philly uh, guy, Roan. Uh, what is your goat soda, would you say? Uh, Pepsi. Pepsi? Oh, That's wow. okay. Pepsi over Coke. Interesting. Interesting. 
Wow. Well, Frank, we want to say thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Hopefully the, the Devils can bring you some happiness out of all the misery you've experienced so far this year. Uh, I'm not expecting much from the Devils. I just want, <laughs> I just want <clears throat> to go to a game in March and look at the standings and say, you know, if this team wins 10 out of the last 15, they might have a big shot at making the playoffs. Frank, thank you very much again. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frank. All right, boys. That wraps us up for this week. Jockey, take us out. Boys, we had good guests on this week. Uh, we're appreciative of what they do. Hopping on, it takes a lot of effort for those guys to come on, and, and it takes a lot of time. So we we want to say thanks to those guys. Thanks to our listeners. We got hot last week, 4-0. We plan on getting hot through the middle of the, middle of the season here and continue on. Again, Action Network has all of our plays all the time. Check our Twitter, Instagram, bio, every social media you have on your phone, we're on it. So beware for the Frank the Tank TikTok, and uh, see you guys next week. Peace. The Clutch Picks crew is not to be held responsible or liable for a loss of money, injury, or harm.